Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 184. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today we have Kevin Rakestraw. How are you doing there, Kevin? We're doing all right. Okay, all right. Yeah. Uh, the reason that this week's episode is not live, I am currently at the beach, so I'm having a little vacay, but I decided, you know what, I want to I want to be there for our listeners, I want to make a show anyway, so we're doing a little show today, it'll probably be a little bit shorter than our usual stuff, and the quality on my end probably isn't going to be the best, because I have a pretty janky setup going on right now, so you may hear clicks you may hear some fans you may hear some ocean in the background oh yeah so apologies for that completely pick up that ocean yeah i mean i'm literally looking at it right now and it's and and the surf the surf is pretty pretty heavy right now because of the rain and stuff yeah we can't we can't get in the water today because it's it's really bad but at any rate, looking forward to a fun week here. Uh, I want before we jump into our first review. I guess we should mention what we're reviewing this week. Uh, we're going to be reviewing the Keeping Room, and that'll be our only review this week. We'll also be talking about some of what we've been watching this week's movie predictions, new on video on demand, DVD and Blu-ray releases, all that fun stuff. I wanted to quickly thank our latest Patreon subscriber, uh, Jared Ego. Thank you, Jared, for becoming our latest Patreon subscriber. If you want to help support Film Pulse, head over to patreon.com slash filmpulse. We have uh, some different reward tiers and all kinds of fun stuff, and I plan on developing some more things for that in the future. As always, I'm always tweaking it, so check it out. Help support the show. We appreciate that so very much, and thank you again, Jared. Let's dive into our first review, shall we? Our only review this week. We're talking about The Keeping Room. This is directed by Daniel Barber, and it's written by Julia Hart, stars Britt Marling, Haley Steinfeld, Sam Worthington, and uh, Muna Ataru. I have a synopsis here. Left without men in the dying days of the American Civil War, three Southern women, two sisters, and one African-American slave must fight to defend their home and themselves from two rogue soldiers who have broken off from the fast-approaching Union Army. Now, Kevin, you wrote a review for The Keeping Room. That is correct. Which is up on the site right now, so you can read Kevin's review in full detail. I'll start it off, and I will say that I liked The Keeping Room. Oh, shit. Big surprise there. (laughs) I bet you couldn't guess that. Uh, No idea. I was a big fan of The Keeping Room. I thought it looked gorgeous. I... I loved the just everything about it really the the premise you know these these three women who their their whole family was basically killed in the war so it's just them and they're forced to essentially become the men of the household they're mm-hmm. forced to chop wood and hunt and do all these jobs that are traditionally designated to to men you know and I liked that in and of itself I liked that concept in and of itself. But once you introduce the whole uh, evil soldiers kind of hunting them and coming after them and them having to step up and and become uh, essentially killers themselves, um, you know, I liked that even more. 
It was, yeah. it was a badass movie. And I'm sure we're going to get to the visuals. The but what was that? Oh, the, the visuals are amazing. Yeah, I figured we... Whoever, uh, whoever uh, picked out these locations, give them awards. Yeah, killer. Killer location. I like this uh, this new trend of... I mean, I would consider this a Western. Would you Would you consider this a Western? It's, it's more of a Western than a war movie, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I would compare it to The Retrieval, which I was a big fan of. You were too, as far yeah. as mm-hmm. the, the look and the style. Um, a lot of... Uh, really dense forests and and kind of like uh, tree canopies and things like that and it just looked amazing. I just loved the look of this one. Sure did. Plus, you got that Martin Rue cinematography going on, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which he, he he does he does quality stuff. Yeah. And once cool. again, here, ooh, there's a couple of scenes that are just they're stunning. There's a number of them. Yeah. I, I highlighted two in my review, but there there's a couple more. There's a couple more in there. And I mean, honestly, you could, I would recommend this film just on that alone. Yeah, same like, here. Absolutely. Like, you know, cut out the, the story and everything, just visuals alone. It's a recommend. Now, one thing that I also liked a lot about this, and this is something that not only do I really mention on the show, I mention it from time to time, but I really took notice was the score. Uh, with, for some reason, with movies unless the score really really stands out to me uh, i don't take notice and mm-hmm. with this with this one i really noticed the score and i liked it quite a lot see i don't remember the score <laughs> <laughs> see that that happens to me usually usually Must i not just have made an impression on me yeah but th- this one uh, i was i was really digging the score so hmm. uh performances what did you think about the, the, the main performances in this one? Oh, uh, Britt Marling and Muna Ataru are fantastic. And I heard a lot. Then that was really all I heard going into this is, there was, you know, a lot of buzz about Britt Marling, her performance in this. And again, she's quite good. And I agree with everything that I've heard. But uh, Muna Ataru, I thought was just as good. Well, especially there's a, there's a specific scene near the end uh, where she does kind of a monologue. And oh, yeah. it's extremely powerful. I mean, that'll knock you on your ass. So. Yeah, that is a gripping line delivery there. Absolutely. And uh, Haley Steinfeld, I thought, was fine, too. Her character... Yeah, I mean, she doesn't She doesn't have a lot to do, but right. she nails what, what's uh, asked of her. Yeah, I mean, her character is kind of the, the child of the group. So she's kind of whiny at, at times, and she's kind of always in peril, really. Pretty much. And that, that's kind of her role. She's just the young kid that's in peril. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she does a good job of showing that she's in peril. Yeah. You know, you know, just about every single time you're like, yeah, she's in peril. Yeah, she totally sold the raccoon bite. <laughs> <laughs> Which was a bit, it was a bit silly. Oh, well, <laughs> just the whole time I was thinking... Why Why couldn't we see this? Because I would love to have seen the scenario in which she's just walking and a raccoon just comes out of the forest and just bites, bites into her. her leg and then runs away. It's such a weird development, you know, to kind of put... Because essentially that needs to happen for everything else right, to be yeah, said. Absolutely. It's such an odd thing. Yeah. <laughs> such an odd plot point to, you know, get everything in motion is that... Uh, 
you know, a raccoon bite while she's just wandering in the forest for yeah. some reason. Well, let's let's step back a little bit and kind of expound on that. So she she gets bit by a raccoon. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that we can assume that it's rabid because she immediately gets sick, like immediately gets sick. From yeah, this. this is not a quality raccoon. <laughs> this, this raccoon seen some shit. I'm pretty sure we can. It's safe to say the raccoon seen some shit. And yeah. so Britt Marling's character of Augusta, she heads off to find medicine. She goes to their, their neighbor, which is presumably 25 miles away. <laughs> and the neighbor is dead, no longer with us. So she heads over to the next area, which is a, sort of like a general store or, or maybe even like a saloon. I, I didn't really get what the main... A little bit of everything yeah, going on there. Sort of, sort of a general store. And that's where she happens upon Sam Worthington's character of Moses and Kyle Solar. Yeah, Kyle Solar is Henry. And they kind of they're drunk and they kind of taking take a liking to her. And this is where something really weird happens in the movie that I can't understand. And maybe you can tell me why things transpire the way they do. So she basically the the owner of the place is like, you gotta get out of here and there's another woman there and she's like she kind of creates a diversion so she can escape. Mm-hmm. She steals mm-hmm. Sam Worthington and and uh, Kyle Soler's horse. She doesn't take her own horse. No, she takes a better horse. She upgrades so, her horse because her horse is it's not uh, her horse is not in good shape. So she takes their horse, but then she doesn't just immediately go away. She kind of hangs out there for a while and has a little standoff with them, and then she rides away, and then they follow her on foot. Yeah. Why wouldn't they take her horse? I don't know. The only thing I can think of is maybe the, they're thinking the horse is going to create too much noise. Can't really maybe sneak up with a horse. But I guess. Also, I don't know. Also, also, but then again, when they when they finally get to the house, it's not like they're quiet. So well, exactly. And also, <laughs> I'm pretty sure she mentions that it's like a two day ride or whatever to get to get to that place. Like it's really far away. Yeah. And they walk to her place. It probably took them a, w- a week to get there. <laughs> well, that gave you that gave you plenty of time for Haley Steinfeld's character to get better. To come back, yeah, yeah, to get better, and you know, I don't know. Just the whole horse thing didn't really add up for me. It just it seemed a little odd. That's what I thought. It's like it's like why didn't you just leave right away? But again, the this this aspect this aspect of the uh, the taking over the male roles. You can, and I, I don't know if that's part of it, is that you can tell that they're kind of first timers mm. when it comes to the, comes to some of those aspects. I don't know why I said first timers, but whatever. Yeah. You know, I, I get what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's another decision that she makes on uh, later on in the film that didn't make any sense to me. I'm trying to remember. When she, she, she kind of wounds someone and okay. then just leaves them. Yes. Uh, that I'm didn't thinking, make yeah. That yeah. didn't make a lot of sense to me either, especially given the the trauma that she previously endured at his hands. Yeah. You know, like I don't know. There's yeah. There's there's a few things that happen in this where you're just like, huh? Like ah, I just don't think it would play out like that, especially because these three women. I mean, even Haley Steinfeld, they're pretty strong characters, and oh, I f- yeah. I feel like they would you know they would make sure they would hammer that shit home. <laughs> 
You think they haven't? They haven't gone full. They haven't, I guess, fully gone over to the other side. I guess. I guess. But uh, yeah, I was still, I was still a pretty big fan of this. I, I, the end, the end was a little bit. Uh, the end was mm. again. It's another silly thing. Yeah, the end. The end really didn't <laughs> do it for me. You're not. You're not fucking yeah, selling that's... me at all. And I mean, you didn't even do. I mean, you did a half-ass job. You're not even concealing all of your hair. You're like three times smaller than. Well, yeah. Well, that too. Was... I was actually referring to the 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 part before that with. Yeah, I can't really say it, but Sam Worthington's involved. Yeah. That that part too, I found to be a little unrealistic. Just how that played out, and then the the end end that you were mentioning, yeah, that was <laughs> to me that was almost laughable. I was yeah. like, come on now, that's, that's weird, really. That's ridiculous. Yeah, but I did yeah. like that shot. That kind of the shot at the end, the the wide shot of uh, oh my Alice god, and, oh that's gorgeous. It was that was an amazing shot. That was a gorgeous shot. But I would like to see this film go like three more minutes where they all die quickly. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, they're, they're, they're lasting maybe five minutes tops. They're, they're, uh, yeah, I'm, I just don't see that working out for them in any way. Because <laughs> no. it's not, <laughs> they're not fooling anyone, seriously. Not even close. Not even close. But other other than that stuff, I I still enjoyed yeah, the film yeah, very much. Yeah, and it, it's it knows what it is. It's it knows that it's a simple survival film. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it does it does a great job of that. It definitely it definitely keeps your attention. It's very gripping. It's a lot of tension in there. Yeah, there is there is absolutely, and yeah, uh, not a whole lot else to say about it. Great performances, great visuals. I thought the score was great. There's just some silliness towards the end and <laughs> the horse thing. There's a little bit of silliness in raccoons too. <laughs> Feral raccoons, <laughs> rabid raccoons taking out people. There was also a really interesting thing that happened involving uh, Nicholas Pinnock's character, Bill. Yeah, that was. Th- it was. Th- it was a really odd thing because. I didn't quite understand why it was in there. Because when they first introduced that character, it, he looked like a badass. I'm yeah. like, oh, man, he's like a bounty hunter or something, and he's hunting these dudes, and he's going to come in and maybe help him <laughs> out or something. Nope, over. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute. This isn't, this isn't, that's not how that's supposed to play out. I just thought it was kind of odd to have him to have that character in there because it didn't to me it didn't really add much to the story um because they didn't i felt like they needed to expand on a little bit yeah i mean it gives you a little bit of tension there i mean it certainly adds to the drama of everything yeah because of how it plays out but uh i just maybe wanted a little bit more maybe maybe cut away to him one or one or two other times you know, before he makes it there. Yeah, maybe. Because it made it look like he was some sort of investigator or something, you know, following on the trail of these two men. Yeah, and I kind of I, I kind of liked thinking that, and but that's not what it was. Um, plus, you would think when 
because he's going back to the house because he knows them. Right. And you would think that when he would get back, you would kind of, like, why are you sneaking around? I know. Why, Just, why are you creeping, dude? Of course that's going to happen if you're creeping. You made, you made a terrible decision. You don't creep. You know, when you're familiar with the, the people in the area, don't be creeping. Bad things are going to happen. It was also, I thought, an interesting role for Sam Worthington. Definitely not something that I'm used to seeing him. I mean, he was a horrible, horrible person in this movie. Oh yeah, no. I mean, they, th- these two, these two guys do some terrible things, and the way that they start the film, uh, you're just, you just, they let you know right off the bat. These two guys are completely reprehensible. There's no yes. way that you're ever gonna feel any kind of empathy for these two guys. No. Uh-uh. Never. So I thought that that was a really, really uh, impactful way to start this film. Yeah, because you're immediately, you're immediately against them. Yeah. There's no, there's no gray area with these guys. Exactly. They're just, they're evil. Right. Which is why I had a little bit of a hard time with what happens at the end with him, because I just felt like (laughs) that should have happened. Yeah. You're just kind of like, hurry. Yeah. Do it. (laughs) Do it. Yeah. Yeah. What are you waiting for? (laughs) Yeah. Do you not remember everything that happened beforehand? Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I, I've never been in that situation, so I don't know. Maybe I'd hesitate. Maybe, I, maybe I'd maybe i think twice about doing something like that, too. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully, we're never in that position. Yeah. But uh, I just realized that I'm a Daniel Barber completist. Are you? I, didn't, I did not know this, this was the guy that directed Harry Brown. Yeah, Harry Brown. I liked that. I liked Harry Brown. Harry Brown was, again, the Harry Brown was a simple movie. It was. It was. It was pretty good. This is much better than Harry Brown. It is. In case anyone was wondering. Much, much better. Harry Brown's kind of forgettable. uh, But, I mean, it was good, but it was just, you know. I just remember Michael Caine destroying people. Yeah. Yeah, he was a badass in that. Destroying kids. Well, there you have it. That's the keeping room. Let's go ahead and give this a score. Uh... I think we're sevens across the board on this one. Yeah, I give it a seven. Yeah, I'm giving it a seven as well. It's uh, well worth a look. It's didn't blow my mind or anything like that, but it is still a no, solid it's, film. It's a solid movie. Yeah, very very little negative to say about it other than those few things. But def- definitely check it out. It is playing in limited release right now. I don't think it is on VOD currently. Oh. I, I do not believe it is on VOD, but Draft House Films is putting it out, so keep an eye on the Draft House Films website, I'm sure. They they do some weird scheduling with that stuff. Like, it'll pop up on VOD after a certain amount of time, so just keep a, keep a lookout for it. But, yeah, I would absolutely recommend checking this one out this year. Yes, I would as well. I uh, don't have any other reviews planned for this week, so let's just go ahead and jump into uh, some of what we've been watching. Kevin, we'll start it off with you this week. Okay, I watched uh, I watched a film called Hawaiian Punch from 2013. This is a I want to I guess you would call it a micro budget, almost no budget American indie. And this was uh, this kickstarted a new feature. Yeah, new feature that we got going on here. I'm excited about this. We want we I ended up settling on the name Unsung Indies, and I regret it, but. <laughs> whatever i don't like the title but what can you do locked it in 
<laughs> it's, and, out there, uh, <laughs> it's out there. It's out there. Gotta live I with it. Do. Yeah, damn it. And uh, this watching this movie essentially is what what made me think of this because this is something that me and you've been discussing for a while. They're trying to think of a feature, like how can we do this exactly? And we've been kicking around this idea probably for like a year or so. Yeah, because we see these movies all the time, and they have like no release dates, or they had a weird release date, and and they're just kind of and I like it. And in, like in Hawaiian Punch's case, this I think the only maybe here or maybe you know a pop-up viewing in new york somewhere uh-huh. like the only release that a lot of these get is nobudge.com you know it gets like two day or three day streaming on there or something like that now currently this is on vimeo you can watch the whole thing i actually put a link in the uh in the review that's up on the on the website there and one of the things is after watching this is you know i was really taken back by it and i'm like oh let, let me Look into it a little bit. Couldn't find any reviews. Look on Letterbox, and at the time, I think three people saw it, which I thought, well, that's not right. So that's kind of what started this whole thing. And this is directed by, uh, and I'm going to butcher the hell out of this name. We're going to be butchering a lot of names from <laughs> here on out. Uh, <laughs> Nandan uh, Rao, I guess, is the name. He, uh, normally a cinematographer. Uh, the only other work I've seen from him was he did the cinematography for another American indie film, uh, Green, which I remember quite liking. And here he handles direction. I guess you could kind of say writing, but I don't even know if there's a writing credit for this film. Editing, cinematography, kind of does everything. It's one of these mashups of docu-fiction, mm-hmm. but it's also kind of behind-the-scenes making of because the cr- cast and crew... You know, we'll take breaks and discuss things, but you're not 100% sure if this is a scripted part of the film or if you're actually seeing genuine interaction behind the scenes because they're discussing some of the things that are in the film. It's just a weird mix, a little bit of everything going on. There's a lot of times where it's just completely black screen and all you hear is dialogue or just the ocean because it takes place in Hawaii. And then there's some of the the nighttime scenes is just images with no sound whatsoever. And it's just, you're always sifting between those. And it's just, it's quite interesting. It's a quite interesting film. Now, is it, would you consider it a, is it a drama or a comedy? Is it funny? Um, it's kind of funny. It's not really a drama. There's, it, it opens up with a, a quote, because uh, what this story revolves around is two Mormons. In Hawaii, mm. it appears that you know they're late twenties, mid twenties, and they're I guess looking for a spouse. I guess is what they're doing. And it's not quite sure what they're doing, but the the opening quote is kind of saying this guy, um, an apostle from the Church of Latter Day Saints, is saying that men over the age of twenty four that haven't married are like the worst thing that can happen in a community, and if they're not married, they end up becoming something worse, which that's kind of judgmental a little bit Uh, yeah i'd say so (laughs) so it's just and it's really just uh kind of like little little episodes you you drop in with this character over here and then you drop in with this guy and it's just them kind of having fun in hawaii um there's an extended sequence where the one guy's watching a notorious big music video and he's just rapping along (laughs) He's just rapping his heart out. 
and they're just cruising around in mopeds, just trying to find cliffs to jump off of. They're just having a good time. It's uh, it's interesting. Hmm. I, I recommend it because the the number one thing is the cinematography is oh my goodness, it is gorgeous. Well, I'm definitely gonna check this out, and it's, you should uh, too. He, he jumped up on my list. Like you know how I had pretty much Bradford Young and Sean Price Williams kind of jockeying for first place with Bradford Young kind of yeah yeah kind of eking out. Wouldn't now uh, Nandan Rouse in there. It's a three-way race. Wow. I'm definitely going to have to check this out now. Yeah, you got to get into it. If you want to see this for yourself, you can look it up on Vimeo or just scroll to the bottom of uh, Kevin's article on the site because he posted it in there. I I was nice enough to throw it in there for you guys. You can can read the article and then just watch the movie that he was just talking about. Or go straight to the bottom and watch it and then read it. And then read it. And then just scroll back up to the top and then read his thoughts. I mean, it's so convenient. And I noticed that... things you could do. The, it's ridiculous. On Letterboxd, it's up to eight people, so it looks like uh, a few more people have been checking yeah, this one out. People in there. Nice. Uh, I only have one movie <laughs> to oh, mention shit. this week. So in my uh, getting ready to, to go on vacation, I didn't have a lot of time to watch stuff. So uh, the only movie that I saw is called Some Kind of Hate. This came out on VOD. It's available now. It's a horror movie. Big surprise. It's terrible. Big surprise. <laughs> it's about uh, bullying. It has the theme of bullying. So th- the premise is there's this a kid who gets bullied at home by his drunk stepdad. He goes to school and he gets bullied by these dickhead kids. And they keep pushing him and pushing him and pushing him. And then eventually he kind of loses it. Uh, and he ends up stabbing a kid oh. in the face with a fork. Oh, shit. He doesn't kill him or anything. He just, you know, hurts him. So as a result of this, he ends up uh, being sent to this uh, sort of treatment center thing that's that's out in the desert. Okay. It's so it's a, a weird little you know it's sort of like one of those um, like one of those boot camp type things, but it's not okay. really. It's more of like a spiritual kind of cal- uh, okay. calming yeah, yeah. thing where they do like yoga and meditation and stuff and try to get centered basically. Do they do those like, what, I forget what they're called, but there's like sweat huts. Probably. They're I don't... Like, pop I, up and they try and like sweat everything yeah, out of you. Yeah, it's it's uh, kind of like that. I mean, you don't see those in the movie, but I'm, they're probably there. It's a really... <laughs> the weird thing is it's like a really small group of people. There's only about I don't know, 10 students. So, so it just seems like a not, not a very... Uh, efficient or successful program because there's so few students but basically he starts getting bullied there too by this other kid and what happens is this this kid gets killed and it turns out that it's the ghost of a girl who went to that school who came back and she she was bullied to the point of suicide and she comes back as a ghost and starts killing uh people the students, okay. the the teachers, oh, and it's ridiculous. The way that she kills people is she cuts herself, and she's like she's like a voodoo doll ghost, okay. where she cuts herself, and then the cuts show up on the people that she's targeting. Uh... And it's just it's terrible. It's a terrible, awful, awful movie. It's supposed to be uh, kind of a, a t- taking a look at bullying and how bullying is bad, but 
it doesn't do a good job of it because it it almost encourages people to cut themselves because they it's like a good thing in this in this movie she's she's hurting those who hurt her by hurting herself mm-hmm. so it's almost reinforcing the the idea of cutting and it just it's awful it's an awful awful movie the it's i mean it's bloody as hell it's really violent i can imagine and some of the the makeup effects and the gore effects are done pretty well there there is somebody that gets caught on fire at the end and it's not cg they actually catch someone on fire yeah so that's that's always a pleasant uh pleasant surprise when i see that but they do it like full on old school where it even kind of looks the same but it's like a guy waving his arms uh like they always do and then he lays on the ground for some reason (laughs) yeah yeah it's full on yeah (laughs) but it's that's not enough to save this movie it is it is bad i i do not recommend it it's it's offensively bad I, i could see this easily offending people who have been bullied or have family members or kids who have been bullied or people that that have uh have dealt with these kinds of issues in the past you know people that may have cut themselves in the past or something like that uh dealt with these issues um because they they don't do it in a respectful way it's just it's just awful so no some kind of hate can't recommend that one Mm. Yeah, that sounds awful. Um, that'll be probably near the bottom of my list this year. Nice. It's not the worst. It's not the worst not one worse. I've seen, but, but it's, it's close. Probably it's in, in the, It'll probably be in the bottom five, I would say. Ah, uh, that's pretty bad because you see a lot of bad shit. I do. I do. So, like, bottom five on your list is bad. Oh yeah. Like bottom bottom five on my list is like, oh, that's just unfortunate. You happen to be one of the ones I saw. Yeah. But bottom five on your list is mm. terrible. Yeah. Absolutely terrible. Uh, I watched an interesting one. I watched Far From the Madding Crowd. <laughs> oh, the old going with the old period drama, huh? I'm all about period dramas this week. For the longest um, time, for the longest time, I kept calling, I kept saying Far From the Maddening Crowd, but it's that's, far, I know. far From the Madding Crowd. Yeah, I want to say Maddening Crowd, too. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It just Every feels time. more natural to say Maddening. Yeah, because no one uses the word matting. Exactly. I guess that was that was a big word back in Thomas Hardy's time, based on his classic novel. Um, the main reason I watched this one is Thomas Vinterberg directed it. So and, yeah, drama here from Vinterberg. And I'm I'm a fan of Vinterberg. I am as well, and I like this idea of you know kind of stylish directors doing these these period pieces because it seems like we've like for some reason we've had a been inundated with all these period piece remakes a little bit whatever reason i'm not sure why everyone's dipping into classic literature i'd say over the last three years we've seen a little bit people been going pretty hard well this this is great though this is something i wanted to mention when we were talking about the keeping room is that the Western is sort of making a comeback too in a really interesting way where they're taking the, the idea of the Western and making it more stylish and almost art house, you know, it's like yeah. the art house Western. Yes. Yeah, kind of going, kind of going back in time, regurgitating then, these ideas. Yeah. And they're doing the same thing with these period pieces, these period pieces. Yeah. And, um, the, the look of far from the matting crowd looks good. All right. It's a good looking film. 
I enjoy it. There's some good cinematography in there. Um, Vicksburg styling works in with this story. Um, the story itself, it's okay. You know, it's not my cup of tea. But uh, it is interesting to see a strong female character from that time. And even though there's a number of classic literature that have strong female characters, but it was it was refreshing to see. Even though she does make some, she makes some uh, some decisions that don't really work out is, too well for it. But is is this the one where she's like the the uh, designer? So this is the one she she inherits a farm. She gets her uncle's farm. And it's a okay. big farm. Okay. Oh. I was, there was another one that came out right around the same time with uh, where she was like. Uh, the, the, oh, I can't the, main. the Coco Chanel one? Is that what it is? <sighs> yes, I think that is the one. With uh, Audrey Tattoo? I think that's the one I'm thinking of. Might be. It's. I, could, I, I might have gotten everything wrong with what I just said, but I'm going to say that I'm right. I'm looking it up. I'm looking up because I know. I can't remember the name, but I'm, I'm going to look it up. But continue. Look it up. Okay. So this is Harry Mulligan plays the main character here and she does a great job her performance is great um and she ends up she she meets mr oak who's a shepherd who's played by matthias Schoenarts. and this is before she's really anything she's just a girl and mr oak's like will you marry me she says no she's too independent she's not having it and then she ends up inheriting the farm mr oak loses all of his sheep because he has a stupid ass dog in the morning or in the middle of the night and they break through a fence and the dog takes them out to the cliff by the ocean and they all go off the edge of the cliff which Stupid seems kind shoot. of it seems kind of ridiculous another thing that's kind of ridiculous to kind of kickstart everything first we had rabbit raccoons biting people and now we have a stupid dog taking all of the sheep off of a cliff into to, you know falling to their death and mr oak never wakes up during any of this Except too late, comes up running. Sheep are already gone. There's nothing you can do. Lost everything. He's wandering around. He happens upon a farm that's on fire. He saves the day. Guess whose farm it is? You never fucking guess. Take a guess. Try and guess whose farm. I don't know. You tell me. Fucking Terry Mulligan's farm. Oh. Yep. What? He saves the day. Guess what? She needs a shepherd. Bam. But guess shepherd what? found. Shepherd's been found. But guess what? Now she's got money. So she can't be, she can't be with the likes of Mr. Oak. So that's off the table. And then the guy that owns the farm next door, he wants in on the marriage action. She says no. Then another guy shows up, and she's just got suitors left and right. She's just fighting, fighting guys off with a stick, really. And then other things happen. Marriage happens, and non-marriage happens, and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> marriage happens, and non-marriage happens. <laughs> All sorts of things, people being offended by, you know, opinions and whatnot. The uh, the other period piece I was thinking of was a little chaos, the Alan Rickman okay. one. Oh, okay. Which was with Kate Winslet and Matthias Schoenarts. Oh, okay, okay. It's an easy one to get mixed up. That's not the one I was thinking of. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's a solid film. It's not. Uh, it's not terrible. Yeah, that's it. My girlfriend saw it, and she at the when it was playing in the theater, and she was like, "Yeah, it was okay." It's one of those where it's like, "It's fine, it's fine, it's fine." I, I think I'll still be fine. skipping it though, just because it it's does fine. not. You, you're not going to be, yeah, you're not going to be missing anything. It's There's, just, yeah, 
there's a couple of scenes that are like really kind of stunning. Like, oh man, this looks good. I like the way that this is filmed and the, every, how it's composed. But other than that, you know, it's just decent performances, decent story. Hmm. Cool. And that's far from the Madden crowd. How did you see this? I got this on a DVD okay. from Netflix. So it's on Netflix DVD right now. It's probably on VOD at this point as well. It's probably somewhere. All right. Anything else? No, I'm, I'm good. All right. Let's move on and talk about some predictions. Last week, we predicted Hotel Transylvania 2. You said 36. I said 52. Actual 46. Mm. Uh, still not interested. The Green mm. Inferno, you said 50. I said 56. Actual 39. Wow. Right. It's, it's got a 39, but from all the reviews that I've read, including ours on the site, it seems to be kind of middle of the road. You know, a 39 makes it sound bad, but it's but yeah. from what I've been reading, it's kind of like just, yeah, meh, middle yeah. of the road. I st- I'm still interested in checking it out. Uh, unfortunately, I left the city on my trip, so I don't know if there's anywhere around me that's playing it. Might have to wait till I get back, but... I'll be checking it out at some point. Next week, we have Helen Back. This is the animated, the R-rated stop-motion one. Okay. I don't know what to think about this one, honestly. Like, it could be funny, but... Eh. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Helen Back. Mm, I'm going to go with a 58. I'm going to say 46 on that one. Good people in it. There's good people in it. Uh, I saw the trailer a while back. It seemed all right. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We also have The Martian. New Ridley Scott. Matt Damon. Oh, boy. Uh, I see that fucking face everywhere. (laughs) That stupid fucking helmet. I think this one's going to be pretty good. So I'll say 76. Let's say 72. It's it's really interesting with Ridley Scott. You just you never know. You never know what you're gonna get. Never know. I just can't. Yeah, Ridley Scott. Can't wait for that. You know, when it comes out, like the time that it comes out, and then like two weeks afterwards, that that press tour that he's gonna do. <laughs> All these <laughs> just going through those excuses. Mm. Well, yeah. Well, also... we actually we actually had a scene that did this. It cleared everything up. Yeah, actually, uh, Damon Lindelof wrote. The Martian. So we may oh. be running into some Are you of sure? those. Because well, IMDb says Drew Goddard. Oh, that's what I meant. Sorry, Drew Goddard wrote it. Okay. Not Damon Lindelof. Sorry, but Drew Drew Goddard. Yeah, that's could It'll could be, be some interesting, interesting. things. That's my that's my favorite part of every Ridley Scott release is the during and after. Well, you know, this week he announced the title of the new Prometheus movie. It's going to be called Was it Alien? It's called Alien something, which makes things so much more confusing because they were working on a new Alien movie. Uh, but now Promet- the new Prometheus is called like Alien... What the fuck's it called? Alien colon something. <laughs> I hope that's what it's actually called. I didn't, I didn't even report on it on the site because Prometheus was originally called Alien colon something. And... They ended up changing it all around, and so I take that title with a grain of salt, and 
I was yeah. like, nah, I'm not going to report on that because it's probably going to change in two weeks anyway. Yeah. You're, you're not going to know until it actually comes out until you see the trailer for the damn thing. Yeah, yeah. All right, next week in limited release, we have Attack on Titan. That's the live-action version of the uh, popular anime series. I tried to watch that anime a few times, and I just, yeah. man, it's it's interesting. And the, the creatures, the titans, are really, really creepy looking, and the, the they look insane. I, I love the look of the titans, but the story itself, for some reason, I just can't you get into it. it. Can't do it. And I've been I've been really trying to get on an anime kick lately, and I've been watching. There's a show, uh, an anime series called Psychopaths, and it's excellent. That one is so it's good. Rec- Psychopaths. Yeah, recommend. I recommend Psychopaths if you're into. Um, it's sort of like a cross between Cowboy Bebop and Ghost in the Shell standalone complex. Okay. If you're familiar with those, it's it's like a cross between all of those it's it's basically it takes place in the future and there's these uh detectives who can they use this ai system to kind of predict when people are going to become uh criminally insane so they it's it's got kind of a minority report thing going on yeah but it's on netflix so you can watch it on there the the first season is on netflix Yeah, so I'd recommend that. But uh, Attack on Titan, yeah, I don't know. The uh, the movie looks like it could be interesting. This is part one. I think it's going to be a two-part film. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll check it out because uh, I'm still interested in the story, even though the anime really didn't do it for me. We also have Legend. Wait, no, I think that got push, pushed back, actually. That's the one with Tom Hardy, I think, right? Yeah, and Tom Hardy. Yeah, and I think I think that that got pushed back, so I'm not sure that that, that is actually coming out next week. We also have Free Held, uh, Partisan. That's the one with uh, Vin, uh, Vincent Cassell. I think we'll be reviewing that next week, maybe. Sounds good. Sounds good. It looks interesting. Northern Soul and Addicted to Fresno. On VOD next week, we have Deathgasm. Uh, I'm really excited about Deathgasm. I think it looks awesome. It looks, it looks, it's right up my alley, and I'm really excited to see that one finally. It's been playing the festival circuit for a long time, and I just, it kept eluding me. Blood, Sweat, and Beer, I'm not sure what that one's all about. Documentary. Documentary, Documentary. about craft beer makers. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna, wait, one second. Sweat and beer. Let me look this up real quick. I guarantee. I guarantee it. It is a documentary about craft beer makers. Pretty sure we nailed it. What's it about? Oh, the explosive growth of the craft beer industry. I knew it. <laughs> oh, big surprise there. Uh, we have Christmas Horror Story. I feel like, it, you know, it's really interesting how there's all these Krampus movies coming out all of a sudden. Because I'm pretty sure a Christmas Horror Story is about the Krampus. And then there's also the movie called The Krampus. And then Kevin Smith was also working on one. And it's like that, the story of the Krampus has been around for eons why yeah. why is it now that we're just getting flooded with these well it's just i do love that you know all it takes is one person yeah, yeah. i want to make a krampus movie and then 10 other people are like yes krampus movie let's do it i think i still think the best krampus story is venture bros the venture bros uh christmas special is has the krampus in it and it's amazing 
There you go. Just watch that instead. Because it picks up, the Krampus comes and picks up Dr. Venture and throws him over his shoulder and whips him with, with reeds. And it's just, it's so funny the way that the animation looks. I love it. And uh, finally on VOD, we have Finders Keepers. That's the documentary about the guy who finds the, is it, the, is it a foot or an arm? I can't it's remember. It's a leg, I think. Yeah. It's a leg. Finds a, finds a leg in a in a grill that he buys. Yeah, and just why are you why is that where you store your leg? I don't know. Why are you putting in a why do you keep it in a grill? It's uh it sounds like an interesting sounds like a really interesting story. So I'll probably be honestly, check, checking honestly, out. Honestly, if that if that's how you're taking care of your leg, you don't deserve it back. I think the finder keepers does. I think it applies here. Yeah, because you don't deserve it if you're if you're keeping it in a grill and then you sell that grill. And forget that your leg's in there. You don't deserve that leg. I think when you sell something like that, you sell everything, including yeah. what's inside. That's so, works. you know, if, if you misplace your leg in, in your grill and then you sell that grill, you're selling the leg with it. Yeah. It's, it's your own fault. Deal. It's your own fault. Sorry. That's all we have on VOD. Let's talk about some Blu-ray releases. Next week we have uh, a re-release of Christine. I've never seen Christine. Uh, I've seen parts of it. I've never seen it. We have Spy, Entourage the Movie. Oh, yes. Poltergeist, which is the new Poltergeist. We have Cop Car. I'd recommend Cop Car. I'd, I'd also recommend Spy, actually. I had a yeah, surprising amount of fun with that one. I can't wait to watch that one. It's been a while. I need a comedy. I think you'll you'll find what you're looking for with that one, honestly. I, I didn't expect much, but yeah. Aloft, which we do not recommend that one. God, falconry. If you're into falconry. <laughs> Even if you're into falconry. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, Zipper, Return to Sender. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Children of the Night, which is a um, kind of an interesting looking horror movie about a school of children vampires. Okay. It's uh, I'm not sure if it's, I can't remember where the where that film. I don't know if it's a Mexican film or a Spanish film. I'm not sure. Unexpected. Uh, I I saw that one. It's it's decent. Nothing special. It's the one that's uh, directed by uh, Joe Swanberg's wife, um, Chris Chris Swanberg. It's okay. It's it's not bad. Uh, what else we got? What else? What else? Um, it's really, it's really all I'm seeing here. That's all you're saying. That's all you got. I have two Criterions. If you want to move into those, yeah, do it. Okay. Well, the first one we have is the Honeymoon Killers from Leonard Castle. Awesome 19- cover on that one. 1969. Uh, this looks pretty good. Gotta say. Yeah, it's a classic the, story. Yeah, based on the true story, documentary style, black and white. I would I would recommend that one just based just based on what I'm reading here. I'm I'm saying that to recommend. Uh, the other one I not so much. At least it's not my cup of tea. Even though I did watch Far From Madding Crap, uh, A Room with a View from James Ivory, 1986, uh, cinematic adaptation of E.M. Forster's novels. So it's Ooh. got a 19 year old Helen Bonham Carter. Woo! So, that kind of thing, there you go. I have that. That's it. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. All right. I think that that's going to do it for this week. 
Thank you so much for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at FilmPulseNet and at FilmPulseKevin. You can send us an email with uh, questions, topics, etc. to podcast at FilmPulse.net. And please take a minute to take a look at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash filmpulse, and consider subscribing to help keep the show running. We appreciate that so very much. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name is Adam Patterson, and we'll see you on Thursday for Ryan Watches a Movie.